the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the last few weeks, we've been reading and hearing about Mark's account of Jesus calling his followers. Both Greg and I have talked about our collective call as Christians in today's dark world. I greatly appreciated Greg's admonition last week to strive to be repairers of the breach. It is, in fact, what we are called to do. But an assignment for a class I'm taking got me thinking about where we are right now in a slightly different way. I was asked to interview three people using questions offered by presiding Bishop Michael Curry that we might ask one another in tough times. Here are the questions. First, give a brief synopsis of your overall impressions of last year. Second, what has been the part that hurts the most? Third, what have you been able to do to help lessen the pain or make it a bit better? Finally, how can I be of help in this challenging time? And I am very grateful to the people who answered these questions for me. And In doing the exercise, it got me thinking too about the last year. In my own little household, the last real social event we attended was one year ago today, Super Bowl Sunday. We went to my sister-in-law's house for dinner and the game. We laughed, we cut up in the kitchen, we high-fived when the Chiefs scored, and hugged one another when the party ended. Little did we know what was coming upon us so quickly. In just a few weeks, the second week of Lent, we will pass the one-year milestone of being closed as church. Our last normal service was the Wednesday night supper in the parish hall that week. And I know some churches probably still have the hymns for Lent 3 from last year posted on their boards. As time goes on, these milestones will bring into sharp focus how hard it's been, how much we've missed, how much we've lost. So here's the conversation I've been having with myself lately. I would never have made it as an Israelite in Moses' band. Wandering for 40 years, seemingly lost in the wilderness, Shoot, we've barely been a year in this wilderness, and I'm about to lose my mind. I'm tired, bordering on exhaustion. I'm tired of the isolation, the distance we have to keep, the stupid mask that fogs up my glasses. And while some of the political environment has improved, I'm still afraid and dreading what is going to happen both here in our state and in the nation's capital. And as much as I'm grateful for the technology that makes church and virtual interaction possible, I'm getting tired of that too. Yeah, I would have been a whiny Israelite for sure. And then, in the midst of this depressing look backward, just when I need it the most, the lectionary gives me the prophet Isaiah. 
Today's first reading, we hear some of the most beautiful poetry in all of Scripture. The soaring transcendence of God, the creator of the ends of the earth, who sits above the circle of the earth, stretches out the heavens like a curtain, makes the rulers of the earth as nothing, the everlasting God. God is above and beyond anything we earthly grasshoppers can even imagine. That's all well and good. But it doesn't address my doubts and fears right here in 2021. As I said, I'm afraid and worried and tired and feeling powerless. And while having COVID vaccines are great, The vaccine rollout has been slow and squirrely, to say the least. The political climate remains as volatile now as it was last year, and the potential for even greater strife is as close as this week. How can I be an example and support to you all if I'm this messed up? What I need to remember is that God is not only transcendent, above and beyond anything we can conceive, but also imminent, I-M-M-A-N-E-N-T, existing very close and within us all. Borrow Borrow from Karl Barth, the Lord God who sits above the circle of the earth is at the very same time the shepherd who gently claims gathers, and carries us. The one who is wholly other is also the one who numbers and names us all because in God's sovereignty, not one thing in creation is missing or lost. And if in my whining I think my way is hidden from the Lord, that my problems are not even on God's radar, then I have forgotten who I am and I have forgotten who God is. So Isaiah gently reminds me that with God, not one, not even me, not even you, is missing. He grows not weary. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. But I'm human after all. Sometimes when I'm confronted with anxiety or stress, a kind of spiritual and theological amnesia sets in, and I struggle to keep my faith. Maybe that's what Isaiah is trying to do, cure my amnesia. And the people I interviewed helped me with that too. When asked, what have you been able to do to make things a bit better? Each one commented on the importance of the smallest things. Stay connected with calls or notes. Take care of yourself. Demonstrate grace to those who think or act differently. Don't forget daily meditation and prayer. At the end of today's passage, the prophet promises that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, 
shall mount up with wings like eagles, shall run and not be weary, shall walk and not faint. It's kind of an unusual construct. Often the emphasis in a three-line sequence like this is from the first to the third. The last line is more important than the middle, and the middle is more important than the first. These lines should read, They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not be weary. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. But they don't. There's a reason for that, I think. Some days, there is no way I could soar like an eagle. Lately, there is barely any way I can put one foot in front of the other. Maybe that's all we have to do. Maybe that's the very best thing to do. To wait for the Lord and the strength He brings to walk in faith, lifting our eyes to the One who calls us all by name.